Imagine we got intelligence that North Korea was putting its missiles on alert. Would we be prepared to tolerate that? Or at that point, would we consider launching a preemptive strike? Under there would it be a preemptive strike against their missile sites or something else? I would say against their and missile sites. That's a military sites. question. but Yeah. If we know there's the possibility of imminent launch, I would say for an American president, that would be a real decision, whether we are prepared to tolerate that risk or at that point we'd act. Even if we know, if we do act, it, there's a decent chance there could be a war. If, in fact, they had a missile that is on a, that a, a warhead that's on a missile that is ready to go, if they, would they have enough early detection of what we're doing to be able to launch if they feared their own destruction? Not clear to me. Uh, it, you're talking then in question of minutes. You're talking about relative yeah. intelligence capabilities. Look, the, the alternative is we don't even let things get that far. And you'll have, rather than preemptive strikes, you'll have conversations about preventive military strikes. Quite honestly, we thought about this very hard, the United States, in the early 90s, during the early Clinton years. North Korea was taking the fuel it's, that was in these cooling ponds, right. these rods, and, the, and they were moving it. And there were a lot of people at the time, I'll be honest, including myself, who said, we ought not to let the North Koreans take this next step. Brent Scowcroft argued the same thing. We do not want them to basically take the next step, getting closer to nuclear weapons. The Clinton administration looked at it. They decided it was too risky to launch an attack, in part because they were worried about a conventional military war on the Korean Peninsula, which would be unbelievably uh, damaging. I, I, I grant that. But because we haven't acted in the past, in the past, we now face a very real, uh, I think, possibility. Quite honestly, I don't believe there's really any chance we can negotiate ourselves out of this. So for a future president, you'd have to say, are you willing to live by some mixture of deterrence and defense? Or if that's too risky for you, then you have to either hope that negotiations with China somehow solve this problem for you, or then you have to contemplate some cyber maybe more sanctions, and even conceivably military actions. We're into a very, we're into a really dangerous place either way here. It is now the number one, as you said, foreign policy dilemma for the United States and for the next president. And I believe vital national interests are at stake. This, 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 this is, is big. Yes. All right, so let, let's take the Chinese, for example. I mean, clearly they have been resistant. They understand the damage of if North Korea collapses of the flood of refugees coming across the right. border. They understand that. Absolutely. They're very much concerned about the balance of power there in the region. They're concerned about those two things. Uh, what, and you spoke to this in part, you know, there is, that's the reason they've been resistant. But they have been, have joined the world in condemning this. They have voted for sanctions, and as recently as today. They issued some sort of a point. statement, criticized, and privately, Chinese diplomats hate hate the disdain they have for the North Koreans is uh, hard to uh, exaggerate. So, what can we do to influence them? Right. The question is incentivizing them to basically say, "Look, I know you're scared about instability. Right. We know you're worried about, if you will, the Korea combined Korea almost being like a combined Vietnam. Right. How can we reassure them about the?" the orientation of that country in terms of uh, that it could be better for the Chinese in some ways. Also, the Chinese have been complaining the last few months, Charlie, about our missile defenses there, the so-called THAAD system, this right. theater high altitude system that the United States and South Korea are going ahead with. What the Chinese have to know is their failure to stop the North Korean program is directly responsible for what the United States and the South Koreans are doing and what we might do. So I think it's this mixture of can we reassure you, but also no. 
If you don't deal with the North Korean threat yourself, we will be forced to take defensive measures that you're going to not you're not going to like because it may have implications for China's own ability to to carry out nuclear deterrence or, or project conventional military force. So I think we have to push the Chinese on both sides, reassure, but also also make it clear there's consequences they're not going to like if North Korea continues to go down this path. And, and hope that their alarm about North Korea deepens. Absolutely. And I think there's something of a debate based upon my own conversations over the last couple of years. There's a lot of people in China who see North Korea as far more of a liability than as an asset. And that's a real change over the last, say, 10, 10 years. So there's internal debate within Ab the Chinese government absolutely. or within the standing committee about absolutely. what it is, what ought to be the nature of our relationship with North Korea and how do we reevaluate it? Absolutely. And that's something that we ought to that we ought to engage. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Richard Haas, president of the Council on Foreign Relations. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We continue our conversation about the challenge from North Korea with Christopher Hill. He is the dean of the Joseph Corbel School of International Studies at the University of Denver.